The Healthy Golf Podcast, Episode 4, with Jeremy McCullough. Welcome to the Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast. Today we have physical therapist Jeremy McCullough. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excellent. Jeremy, um, I'm excited to have you on today. Today we're going to talk about kind of what people can do. It's We're in COVID season, seems like things are starting to reopen up again and if people have been working on things, we're going to talk about things that they should be doing now. And if people haven't worked on anything, what should, what should they be also doing? And then how to go through that efficiently. Uh, but first, before we go over any of that, can you please just give us a little bit of background of yourself and kind of how you've gotten to this point? Yeah. So I'm a physical therapist and strength coach. I've been practicing. I've been a strength coach for about wow, uh, almost eight years now and uh physical therapist for about the last three uh, and i recently as of last summer opened a practice here in virginia north carolina i moved from north carolina to virginia and i opened up a practice in virginia um <clears throat> where i treat just golfers of health and performance um, the u and the p stand for under par or unlimited potential because we believe that everybody has the potential to play under par so and and that's kind of our philosophy and and what I, what I do. So we're just outside of the Northern Virginia area, and so we, we treat people in the Gainesville area for those that are listening that are familiar with that area. Excellent, excellent, great. So as I said, people have been stuck inside in quarantine for the past few months now. Hopefully, they've been reaching or working towards their golf goals, whatever that may be. Um, if someone hasn't been working on things and they're ready to start getting out to go golfing again, kind of what would be your approach to do that? Whether it's fitness or, um, swing related or anything along those lines, what, what would be your first step? I think the biggest thing is if you haven't been doing anything, we have to know to get the, be the most efficient and effective. We have to have kind of an assessment of some sort, right? So uh, a screen of some sort to give us an idea of where do we need to target. We can take a shotgun approach and just try to blast away at a bunch of different things, or we can take a sniper approach and find, okay, this is what we need to work on, and we can just hone in on that, right? So I think if you haven't been working on something, we kind of need to have an assessment of, okay, what's our what's our mobility look like? What does our strength look like? What does our power look like? What's our swing speed look like? Those kinds of things, um, because of how they correlate with our performance on the course and our overall health, right? So um, I think a big thing would be if you haven't seen a, you know, TPI professional, medical or fitness that can run you through a screen to give you a few, give you an idea of what you need to be working on, then that might be something where, where it would be a good idea for you to step in and, and get that assessment done. Though most of those assessments can be done online. So even during this time where gyms are closed or clinics are closed, you can still get, get assessed. And so it's definitely doable. Uh, there are some, you know, a lot of information you can find online about some of these assessments, but 
you know, it's going to be a bit hard to assess yourself a lot of the times in, in that, in that instance. But I think the biggest thing is, is we got to start after we have the assessment, we got to start targeting on those things. And, you know, just general movement is going to be beneficial. You know, so much of us sit so much out of our day because of our job demands, you know, as, as youth, we always see these, these kids that have so much mobility, you look at junior golfers and usually mobility isn't the restriction, right? Usually they're, they're very able to have very good shoulder turns and, and good hip mobility and whatnot. And that's because they're, they're constantly on the go. I mean, we talk about how much energy kids have, right. And, and whatnot. So they're constantly moving and that helps with that mobility. So I think the more that we kind of get into that pattern of movement, the better off we're going to be. So, uh, I would agree a hundred percent. You know, I think we're both a little biased in terms of getting an assessment an individualized assessment to help kind of tailor to your needs. Cause there's lots of stuff out there on the internet that, you know, can direct you into certain things of what you should stretch or work on to help improve your game or your body for golf. But none of that is individualized to you as a person and you may not need whatever that video or blog post is, is talking about potentially. Right. Um, so let's continue to go down that rabbit hole. Let's say someone hasn't done anything over the past few, few months as they've been stuck at home. And like you said, we sit at, we sit at home a lot, um, just from the nature of our jobs. And if we haven't been doing anything, what kinds of things, if we wanted to get some flexibility, what would be ideal spots to hit? Yeah. So I think really when we look at the body and we're four centers of rotate rotation, really. We have the neck, we got a good rotation there, and, and we have to have in that backswing to keep our eye on the ball. We have to have that be able to rotate because now we're looking over that shoulder, right? So we have that. We know we have some mid back or upper back rotation there. That's what causes a lot of that shoulder turn that we're looking for. We also have some rotation in the shoulder, and then we have rotation in the hip. So those are really the four areas that we need we need rotation. So when we're talking golf swing, we want to make sure that those four things can can move, okay, and that they can rotate adequately enough in order to perform an effective golf swing, because otherwise it's almost like putting a square peg into a round hole, right? If you're just trying to beat at this down, there's something's got to give, right? And so you're going to have some kind of breakdown possibly because of the swing, because you're constantly not getting, being able to rotate, whether that's mid back, neck, shoulder, or hips, there's going to be some kind of a breakdown. And that's where, you know, we see uh, a lot of, of the injuries or the issues that, that you see in golf. Right. Um, in particular in the shoulder and even the mid back, what, what kind of areas would you say we would need to work on in terms of things that have gotten tight or something along those lines? I mean, there's, again, it's individualized. We can't, uh, generalized to a whole bunch of people, but I would say that there are typical spots where most people are tighter than, than not. Yeah. So I think we talked about sitting for an extended period of time. So one of the big areas that happens is getting tightened through the chest. Right. And so that comes from typing out a keyboard for a chunk of the day. Okay. That comes from, you know, even just like cooking and cleaning and stuff, anything that we're pretty much doing with our hands brings us in this forward position. So we round those shoulders and that type, that can have that tendency to tighten up the chest. And, you know, unless you're spending a good amount of time of really opening up that chest, 
you have that tendency to tighten up. So one good way is to kind of get into the pecs a little bit. Um, you can use a ball on the wall and kind of work in into that front of that chest. Uh, ideally, I find in golfers that like that pec minor tends to inhibit some of the rotation because of its attachment to the shoulder blade. All right, so if we're working that muscle, it usually only takes 30 seconds to a minute to kind of work out, work a muscle and get it, get it to kind of relax down and, and, and decrease and get the benefit of that. And then we can get into a stretch. You know, one of the great ways of stretching up that chest is just kind of putting the hands on a doorway and kind of leaning in, stepping in so that you're kind of pulling the muscles through the chest there. So that's one great way to opening up that chest. That's going to allow just being able to maybe help that rotation so that you're not in that forward position. If you put that stuff in that forward position, it causes less rotation because you're already into a less ideal position. So for the shoulder, that's one of the big ones. Um, the other big one I think I see most of is probably in the back of the shoulder with one of the rotator cuff muscles, uh, particularly infraspinatus. All right. And, um, and that's one that will limit a lot of that rotation. So if you notice that you have a hard time getting into that backswing, maybe it's because your shoulder doesn't rotate well into that position uh, at that top of the backswing. Because, <clears throat> and so, you know, again, taking that ball or something and maybe going against the wall. So if I go that way and I go against the wall and I can rub that, that muscle there to help that relax. Usually what I tell people is when we're putting that pressure of a ball on there, think of it as like changing the perception of the muscle. Um, there, in the past, a lot of people talked about how we were able to kind of add mashing the, the muscle down, you're deforming it or making it, you know, breaking up basher or whatever, but that's not really possible. You have to have a, a scalpel in order to really do that. So we've now learned that that's not possible, but we're definitely making a neurological change in those muscles so that they're more receptive to the stretching or, or whatever. So that's why that 30 seconds to a minute is usually plenty and more is just, just you rubbing on something, right? And so there's not, it's not nearly as effective. And then with that one, my favorite way to kind of get that loosened up is kind of pulling that arm across the body. And even better, if you can get that shoulder blade up against the wall, as you pull across, it kind of helps really target that rotator cuff. So the shoulder blade isn't just wrapping around the rib cage with that pull. Um, so those are, the, those are the two ones for the shoulder that I see, you know, the pec muscles there and then the, the rotator cuff muscles in the back that limit either that shoulder turn or the rotation of the shoulder to need in order to get into that backswing. So you can create a bigger, a bigger shoulder turn and create that separation, the X factor that we hear about in golf all the time. Right. That's perfect. Yeah. I would say a majority of the time people are either, most people are typically tight in their chest or their pecs, basically just from the nature of typical American work habits and standards, basically. And then a lot of times too, a lot of people are tight in their posterior or the backside of their shoulder. And that definitely limits that rotation throughout the shoulder and can affect your swing immensely. Let's flip the script and say someone has been working on, um, their fitness or their flexibility or strength, whatever it may be. And they're ready to get out onto the course, but say they haven't done a lot of, uh, golf swings or hitting of balls. What would be your suggestion to those people that are ready to go out to the golf course or even just to the driving range, if they're open or anything along those lines that are ready to start hitting some balls. So one of the, one of the biggest things that we see amongst golfers is overuse injuries and overuse injuries happens in two ways. One, you have a quick ramp up period. Right. So you go from, hey, I haven't played golf in, let's say, three or four months. Now I'm going to go out and I'm going to go play 18 holes for three days in a row. Well, you just 
went from doing zero swings to doing well on average golfer let's say is 80 strokes so you just did 240 strokes um there so granted not all of those are full swings and whatnot but uh, so we have to kind of think in that range so starting out you may be thinking okay let's let's kind of mimic how how a round goes typically if you're going to play 18 holes you're going to have 10 maybe 12 full drives so you don't need to practice a driver more than 10 or 15 times right and as you're kind of getting back into that and then uh, and then you think okay and then we're going to have some long irons so you probably have about equivalent or double that in in long irons and then the rest of them are all going to be short game stuff so and those are the less the least impact the least uh mobility required so oftentimes that's what i have people so if somebody that's coming back off an injury or something like that that's that's where you always start right, right? hey you can start putting really fast after you know a shoulder injury or whatever whatever it may be it's like hey putting takes very little impact on any joint right um and so unless you're you know you're putting on some of those those hills you see that out in europe or whatever you know or even out west um i i don't have a lot of that around here but um definitely seen those on the pga uh, tour but the so putting that's that's easy you know not not going to be taxing on the body um and along with the chips so usually how i have people do is okay we start with putting and we work 25 percent of 25 percent swings you know so that more that the pitching and chipping range there and then we get into half swings and three-quarter swings but like i said i think the big thing is just kind of thinking okay what does the typical round look like and in, in progressing into that and then realizing, okay, doing that every day, if I haven't been doing it, it's going to be, probably be a little too much, you know, especially if you find yourself sore the following day. But then that 24, 48 hours, it'd be normal to be sore after a new activity. Um, and we want to allow the body a time to recover from that, right? So it, usually what I'll, I tell people as they're kind of getting back into golf is, all right, we go out, we can play you know, or practice that first day, hit 10, 15 of, of each kind of driver, long irons, short irons. Okay. At least we already talked about putting, so you can kind of put as much as, as you, you deem necessary because it's not taxing on the body. But with some of those other shots, you know, hitting the, hitting that range, seeing how you feel afterwards the next day, if we're sore, then we need a day kind of a recovery so that we don't get into that point of our overuse. You know, you probably be okay hitting multiple days in a row but it's when you do that multiple days and they extend for for an extended period of time. That's when you start getting into trouble. You run the risk of this over in, overuse injury. So, um, so that's that's the I think the big thing is is just being able to recognize your body because again, individual everything is going to be dependent on on many factors. You know, you've been working on your fitness and whatnot, so your body should be strong enough, resilient enough. That's why we, we want to build strength is to build that resiliency to activity. And so it should be, it should be okay with going through and, and playing, but we got to, okay, the next day, how, how are we doing with, with recovery and, and how does our body feel? And uh, I think that's, that's, you know, key to, to avoiding any of that overuse injury. Perfect. Yeah. I think one of the, I mean, I'm guilty of this. One of the biggest things that us golf nuts tend to do when we get any kind of break in the weather is like, all right, let's, we have the opportunity to hit some balls. Let's hit some balls, right? We got to work on this. It's been a long time. And you know, you take as many swings as you possibly can. You get a large bucket, 
and then you just go to town basically. And unfortunately, that's really not the best way to go back because I've been sore the next day and, you know, it just takes a couple more days to get out of that. I think it's a great idea that you can do putting on, say, those days in between that you're doing your swings, especially with like your driver and your long irons and your short irons, because like you said, it's not taxing. It's something that you could do every day, basically. And mm-hmm. even though nothing replicates like practicing on the green, um, you can always just practice at home if you got some carpet or, or anything like that. Basically, it's pretty simple to do. Yeah, um, me, me, and my wife and kids have, have enjoyed. We get out a uh, just a hand towel and we place it somewhere and we see who can get as many balls on on the hand towel uh, as possible. Because you know, I, I don't know remember where I picked the tip up, but some pro had mentioned you wanna you wanna you never wanna lag more than twelve inches past the the cup, um, but you never want to be short either because short putts never go in, right? So. Uh, you but you don't want to go too far because then you got run that risk of whatnot. So you want that per- perfect balance, and so that's 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 been my that's my putting practice essentially. And sometimes I'll put a target so I have more of a a line to follow too. But my kids enjoy it. They're little, and they're always like, "Can I try? Can I try? It's my turn," and and whatnot. So it allows allows me to get some practice in with while having time with my kids and whatnot. So that's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I've seen some drills just like that. Not necessarily with a towel, but I do like that idea because you know most hand towels are probably about a foot long or a foot in width, basically. And you know, mm-hmm. if you have your target, you don't want it to go over or past that towel, essentially, because, like you said, you don't want to go too long, essentially. Yep. Um, let's also continue to talk about. So let's say someone has ramped up; they've worked out or maintained their fitness throughout this quarantine. They've ramped their way up to hitting. I myself, like most people, especially this past weekend, I didn't get to the course in enough time to do any kind of specific warm up, mainly because the golf course didn't want you there too long, which is with social distancing stuff. But I tried to do some stuff in the parking lot to stay away from some people. But what would you say would be a good warm up for people? Because I feel like that's one of the biggest neglected things that most golfers do before they go out on the round or even just practice. Um, and that can definitely have a big detriment to your performance on the course. Yeah. So I went golfing when I was in Florida in, see, this was February. So before all this craziness started happening and this first time I golfed since I think it was November was the last time I golfed. And of course I, I was there with family. So I didn't want to ditch them for, you know, eight hours out of the day to go play golf or whatnot. So I got to the course a little, a little later than I was, had intended and didn't get to get to the range or anything like that. So my favorite way though of warming up is, is just taking a band because a resisted band has been shown to improve the warm up for golf in particular. Um, if you have one of those nice thick resistance bands that you see at the gyms all the time, that's just nice big loop. It's probably about what three and a half to four feet in, in diameter. The loop is, but you don't have to be a thick one. It can be one of the really thin ones. And what's great is then you can do a lot of pulling, getting the shoulders warmed up. You can get a lot of rotation. But one of my favorite ways is to actually loop it around the feet and then around my shoulders or around the neck and then doing just some simple squats. So it gives you a little bit of that resistance there. You can also get, what you put it kind of same, same idea of putting it on shoulders and the hands, and then you can get a little bit of that rotation in. Uh, and maybe even with like a press or something on those lines, but that that resistance has been shown to be to be really beneficial of getting those muscles ready to be to fire to activate really 
um, to, to generate more power. But um, like you were saying, it's, it's almost kind of taboo of warming up. And so while I was there in Florida, the uh, couple of guys was like, ah, you don't need to warm up, you're young, right? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm only 30 years old, but, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't warm up, right? Like, um, so, but like I said, so my favorite way is I take that band, I'll do some pull-aparts, like I was mentioning earlier, that really gets that backside of the shoulder engaged, okay? So that's gonna help with basically slowing the club down some in generating that club head speed but we talk about let's say we have a ferrari we're not going to put like a prius brakes on it because that's not going to slow down the ferrari you need uh brakes that are made for something that's going to go 180 200 miles per hour right so if we want to generate that much club head speed we have to be able to slow it down if our body can't feel like it's going to slow it down then it's not going to produce that much so i like to really focus on that backside. All right, so I do a lot of those pull-aparts there. Um, I mentioned this, I like to squat. I also do do some hinges um, where you're just letting those hips go straight back, keeping the back nice and neutral. If you put that band in there, you also get some of that resistance in that position as well. Okay. Um, and then the other thing would be some rotations. And you can either do it with the band where you pull out and away uh, from it and then getting into the rotation with it or you don't necessarily need it, you can take a club kind of behind the back and get some of that rotation. I'm like, I oftentimes like to do it in a, a split stance where one foot's in front of the other, or maybe even into a slight lunge there to create lower body stability as I get that rotation in too. So those are those are some of the things that I really enjoy doing um, for my warm up to, to kind of get my body ready to, to play, getting those legs engaged so that they're the ones that's generating the power and I'm not influencing just generating power with my upper body. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's great to get all those muscles, like you said, primed and ready to go, especially the legs got to use those to generate force from the ground. If we want to hit the ball far and then all those other muscles, whether that's through your mid back to, to help you rotate either way. And then as well as those shoulders, get those working. Cause like you said, not only do we want them to speed up, but also we need them to, to kind of slow the swing down too, to get that efficient transfer of force from the club to the ball, basically. Um, you kind of alluded to one of the topics I want to talk to talk about, um, not too long ago, but you have mentioned you have a family, you have two young girls, you have a wife. Um, I can sh almost hundred percent positive that most of us can relate to that. If we don't have any kids, I'm sure we have family or significant others that we spend a lot of time with or want to spend time with. But of course the golf course beckons our call at the same time. Um, and also improving our game, whether that's at home or also at the driving range or putting green, whatever it may be, what, um, you had mentioned, you know, you're doing some drills at home involving your kids. What are some other ways that you have been efficiently using your time to kind of, um, maximize time that you're trying to achieve your goals for golf and or fitness, and then involving or trying to, you know, make that efficient so you can spend the time that you want with your loved ones. Yeah, so uh, I think the big thing is to keep it very simple, right? So my strength exercises are down to the five basic human movements of being able to push, being able to pull, being able to carry, being able to squat, and being able to hinge, right? So that's pretty much the five things that I'll focus on on my days. So usually my, my workouts uh, are going to be on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 
where I'll, I'll do those full body movements. I'll, I'll make sure I get in some, some variation of squatting. I'll get in some variation of, of deadlift basically, or the hip hinge. Uh, I'll get some variation of, of basically a pinch, a bench press and some variation of a row in. And then it's been harder recently to find stuff to heavy stuff to carry. Um, but I make sure I get in some of that as well. And that's basically what I'll do. I'll target those five things of just the general human movements that we need to be able to do. And like I said, I can mix it up a little bit with different variations, but it really comes down to just being able to make sure we hit those five things. And I think that makes it efficient. If we get that in three, three times a week, uh, if we do a full body of those, then that leaves the, the other days, uh, the other couple days there where we can, you know, just get in some fast movements where we can get in some, we'll say cardio. I know that's a, <laughs> a term most people don't like, but you know, whether that's fast movement can, can be referring to a different number of different things. And this is to help you get better at generating speed, right? So that's why we want to move fast. My favorite way is sprints. I do some incremental sprinting. I go out on a walk, jog, something on the other, and I just go, oh, telephone to play open ball. I'm going to sprint. Or maybe not even that, mailbox to mailbox, something like that. It doesn't have to be more than five seconds, really, because golf swing is not that fast, not that long, right? So that's something I do. If you've got access to a med ball, medicine ball, you know, throws are great. Easiest one is just a caveman throw where you kind of squat down between the legs with the ball between the legs and you just throw it up into the air and get out of the way and let the ball crash to the ground, right? So that's that's a very easy throw. You can also do, if you've got a nice brick wall, you can throw against the wall. There's lots of variations you can find uh, online and we can discuss those if you want to go through that more. The other one is just, you know, doing some jumps, something like that. So that's usually how my day is structured. I do my strength training and it's really simple. Those five basic movements I throw in some other stuff, depending on how I'm feeling or whatnot on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, Tuesday, Thursdays are usually going to be more of uh, the running and sprinting for me. That's just what I, what I enjoy to get some cardio in as well. Uh, <clears throat> And that's my fast movement to help develop a little bit more speed in that. And that's, that's the main thing for a workout. Other, other than that, you know, there's some of the simple things that you're doing every day because it's the small consistent things that really lead to greatness. And, and that's, you know, making sure we're making sure we're eating healthy and, and, you know, just getting movement in, like we mentioned earlier, you know, we spend so much time sitting or, or doing, the same activities over and over again let's get out of those movements whether that's you know some yoga or just going for a walk a bike a swim whatever you enjoy something something that can be enjoyful or it can be fun for you uh, and whatnot you know and you can even throw in like doing yard work or, or whatnot could be could be included on those things because sometimes that's just as strenuous as, as getting a good workout in but so that's that's what i try to keep it very simple and and so if i can get that in for a half hour, 45 minutes, then I know that that's not taking a ton of time. You know, when I run, sometimes my kids go with me, you know, I run with a stroller. So that allows me to spend a little bit more time with the kids. And, uh, but I think that's the really, you know, I know what I need because I, I've had assessments. I know what, what I need to focus on mobility wise. And so I target that. I don't, I don't spend more than, you know, five, 10 minutes a day working on some mobility and I'm not as good as being consistent with it, but it's always something, you know, when I'm going to, to do it, I try to get it in 
as regularly as possible because I know that's something I need. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's really you know simplicity is almost always the right answer, and it everybody always wants more complex. You know, you know they want the oh let's let's put a band around my my hips while I'm you know sitting or standing on a on a ball and and swinging a golf club and it's like what and but really you know the comp the the complex movements just diminish your ability the the i guess the gains that you're going to get right the the ability to to get improvement from that from the act activity so that's why i think you know just keeping it very simple and if you keep it super simple that's going to allow you to be very effective and efficient with that time and so i don't think you know especially somebody like me where i've got two little ones we've got a wife that works I mean, I spend most of my afternoons, especially these days, hearing music and her tapping or dancing in our living room because she has to teach the classes on on Zoom or on Google Hangouts, whatever meets, whatever it says that she uses. Um, so that with her her working and then that means I have to be be in charge of the kids. So, you know, they they get to uh, hit some balls outside and they get to uh, putt sometimes with me and, and whatnot. So. Uh, and like I said, my kids enjoy it, so I don't see why other kids wouldn't enjoy it. It's it's fun to hit things. <laughs> so true. I, I don't have kids, but all the times when I've talked to other parents that have young kids, basically one of the best things to do is just include them. And they always just seem to want to, to join in, essentially. I mean, um, if you don't, they're probably watching you and they're like, hmm, what's what's daddy or mommy doing? That looks fun. Can I want to join, basically? Yeah. So the easiest yeah. thing to do, I would assume, is just to enjoy, you know, include them into whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I'll, I've got a a net that I use for for my practice, and I put it up in the backyard here recently, and, and I hit some balls, and then they get they get try to hit some. I help them just hitting hitting balls there. Been wanting to get them, uh, you know, one of those little plastic sets so they can actually. Hit, hit some around and, and whatnot because now that they're actually showing some interest you know before they'd watch me and you're like whatever but now they're kind of like hey can i try can i try so i'm like all right sweet you're interested um so it's kind of good timing to get them involved and nothing better i think golf teaches kids a lot of great things you know one is integrity right there's no other sport where you have to call the all the strokes on yourself right and, oh i touched that ball i or it moved when i when I was taking my practice swing, whatever, you have to call those things on yourself. And so it doesn't, nothing better than teaching them integrity. And, you know, there's math skills, there's geography skills, there's lots of other other things, you know, um, that they, they can learn through, through golf as well, so. Yeah, and if you can get them into golf, right, once they get a little bit older, you can, you know, go out onto the golf course with them and then you get to play more golf and they get to play some golf too, which yeah. is probably a win-win for everybody at that yeah. point. Yeah. I do like um, some of the things that you had mentioned. I was just asked, wanted to ask a quick question. How long does a typical workout for you kind of take? For me, it's about that 30 to 45 minutes mostly because I have to get up. Usually I try to get it in before anybody else gets up or before I go, go off to work. Uh, so if, I want to get in a longer workout. That means I have to get up earlier, which means I have to go to bed earlier. And usually that's not possible. Um, you know, sometimes with, with kids and those that have kids know this very well, sometimes they're not, they're not asleep until nine 30. And so it's like, yeah, all right, I'm going to bed. And how soon? <laughs> like now. 
um, start getting yourself ready for bed and kind of and kind of winding down after after having a struggle with bedtime it isn't always possible to get up at 4 30 in the morning to get your exercise in or whatever um, but yeah so for me I usually strive you know try to get in because I usually go in at work at 6 30 so I'm leaving at 6 15 so 5 30 I get a half hour workout in shower and, and get ready and I take food to go if I'm going to eat in the breakfast in the morning um, and so that's usually mine 30 minutes 45 minutes is so I five 10 minute warm-up uh hit the exercises I'm focused and oftentimes I'll do like a superset so I'll go from my my lower body exercise to an upper body exercise back to my lower body and so that way my rest periods are are while I'm doing the other exercise and and that way I can be a little bit more efficient with that as well in there and <clears throat> Yeah, so if I hit, you know, a few sets on each each exercise, and that's usually good. Uh, during this time, I'm mostly just okay. Let's let's get through the movements more so than anything. Uh, you know, I might not get as as much of the strengthening and whatnot, but I try to get to that point of fatigue, which has been shown to be just as beneficial as you know, pumping a lot of iron. Yeah, I think you you touched on a lot of great points there that. Um you know, you, it doesn't have to be long one, you can get a pretty efficient workout in, in 30 to 45 minutes. If, if you have a well set up program, like with what you said, maintaining those five basic movements, um, being the squat, hinge, carry, push, pull. If you can alternate between upper and lower body while you can rest, you can make your rest periods really efficient. And then also earlier you had mentioned, you know, interval training, high intensity interval training, basically through sprints or something along those lines, which is a great, again, cardio workout, which most people don't want to hear. But you honestly, if you're doing a high intensity interval workout, you probably don't need to spend more than 10 minutes doing something and you'll be gassed. And the best part is, is that it'll keep working and doing work for you after you're done and resting, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that afterburn um, with the calories and whatnot. So it's, that's when I, that's when I learned that I was like, shoot, I'm sprinting. And then it's like, oh yeah, this is how, this is so much more effective for my speed training too, because that's, that's exactly what you need. You need to be able to teach your muscles how to, how to respond quickly when you want them to respond. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. And I think, um, I shared something on my, on my Facebook here recently, I came across a statistic saying that 88% of college athletes played multiple sports. All right. As competitively and, before they got to college and so i mean didn't go into specifics about what sports they're playing but most sports require some kind of speed development so whether you're running track or basketball or football or you know lacrosse any of these sports require some form of sprinting so there's some form of that fast movement and you know in throwing sports you in, in track you shot puts or discus you you get really good at force generation and those even jumping activities right there's all the things that i mentioned as as doing your speed training your fast movement training those those happen in all all these other sports so playing other sports kind of ties that in and is only going to help your physical ability or your skill level and it's going to cross over into your golf as well so that's why i always tell all my juniors like don't just focus on golf find you know it can be baseball it can be lacrosse it could be football it could be track it could be cross country you know some along those lines things are are going to have some kind of uh there's going to be some kind of crossing between the two uh activities there and if nothing else it makes you 
well, more well-rounded and, and, you know, happier, healthier, because you're not doing the same thing over and in, over and over and over again. And you're, you're not having that burnout. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, playing multiple sports as, as a youth athlete is probably one of the best things that you can do. Um, and specialization at the right time is, is appropriate, but that's a whole nother conversation ball game that we can get into at another time. <laughs> um, yeah. but I just want to be respectful of your time. Any last tips for the group members, for anyone, you know, coming out of quarantine, getting ready to go back to playing golf or just wanting to make the most efficient use of their time, whether that's with, you know, specific golf training drills or like workout fitness things just to hit their, their goals. So I think the big thing, and I talk about this a lot of times with, with people is routine, right? You get, you build a habit of, of getting up in the morning and doing exercises, even if it's just mobility exercises, that simple, small thing is going to have a great impact or a great change on how you move and how you feel, right? So, and the, and again, we talked about being how we're a little biased on this, but I think that assessment is huge of knowing exactly what you need to to target on. So you're not just guessing it. Oh, I feel I feel this, I feel that. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of stretch here and stretch that, but we can really nail down. Okay, this is this is where you're having your problem, and this is what you need to do to fix that problem, right? So. I think that that assessment and that routine is is definitely two of the big things that I kind of harp on on a lot of people. And even if you have been assessed in the past, reassessing to know that you are making progress, right? That's huge. So, and that 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 knowing that you're doing the right thing is just such a huge motivation, right? And you're like, hey, I've now seen. Let's say you haven't, if you've been working a speed, you know, speed, uh, speed for a while and you assess yourself at one point what your swing speed is, but you don't assess for a few weeks, you know, you're like, okay, you don't know how, how much am I gaining? Am I getting better and whatnot? And then you go and see yourself and you're like, shoot, I just gained three miles per hour. Well, shoot, that translates to two to three yards each mile. So that's nine miles per hour, maybe 10 yards that you just gained. Um, they're not nine miles per hour, nine, nine to 10 more yards that you just gained. How much more amazing? Oh, now, yeah, I'm going to go do this. I got, I got, I got to get out there to, tomorrow and do this again. Right. Same thing with, with some of the other numbers, you know, if you're not really doing that assessment, that the, um, that gives you that motivation, it's you to know, Hey, I'm doing the right thing. If you assess yourself, you haven't changed, then you got to go, okay, what, what is, why isn't this gotten better? You know, and, and then having, that realization of, okay, maybe I'm not targeting the right things or, or maybe I need to tweak something here or there. Maybe I've not been doing it enough or whatever. And that's conversations to have with your fitness professional, your medical professional, or if we're talking more like technical stuff than your, your golf pro. Right. I think those are great tips. I think one of the big things too, is to let people know is that you don't need to necessarily see someone so, so often if, you know, certain, other factors are contributing to you not wanting to go see one of those people. If you can find the right, right person, they'll work with you and your schedule and whatever your price point may be or anything along those lines. So I think you hit a ton of great points. I think what shies a lot of people away is that the fact that they're like, well, I need to, you know, go once every, every week for two months or something like that. And that may be the case, but you know, someone that's uh, really good will work with what, what you're able to do. Um, just a couple of last fun questions for you to answer here. Um, 
we'll go through those. What is or your favorite or best course you've ever played? Uh, there's a course that we used to play in uh, Indiana. It's called Heritage Hills. I had to think about it. I almost called it Hickory Hills, but that's not right. Uh, Heritage Hills. And that was the course that we played as, as a regional tournament almost every single year. And beautiful course uh, out there in, in Indiana. It's uh, somewhere in the Newcastle area for those that are in that area are interested. But Excellent. yeah, like I said, we played it every year for our regional tournaments in high school. So that was always a fond memories, I guess, there. So place I had the best score going into my last hole and I took six shots to get out of a bunker. And oh. so it's also have very bad memories for me as well, but that hasn't deterred me from making that one of my favorite courses. Love it. All right. Next question is you have a risky approach shot to the green and are you going for it or are you laying up? So I've been, been listening to a lot of these guys, uh, John Sherman on, on like Twitter and stuff like that. And his, his advice of, you know, lowering your expectations so i'm going to say i'm going to lay up okay nothing wrong so, with that you know yeah. a lot of everyone else so far has asked uh what what are the conditions of the hole and all these other things and i, I just i just want you to interpret what risky means to you and then just tell me your answer <laughs> yeah no i, I should i like i said i'm saying laying up now that doesn't mean i'm going to do it on the course but <laughs> right all right, and last one, you're going to go out for a round. Who is in your dream foursome? All right, um, well, one of my favorite golfers is Ben Hogan, so I'll probably have to go with him. Um, and that's the, the other two. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, because I've seen Tiger play so much, I'll have to say Tiger over Jack, and then I'm going to go with Bobby Jones as the, uh, as the fourth. All right, yeah. Some serious so, legends in that, yes. in that in that round. That's good. You can't go wrong. I mean, everyone always hates to say, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take the short, short way out. But I mean, they're legends for a reason. So I wouldn't, wouldn't doubt you for wanting to spend around with them. Yeah. So I had to, I had to tie between there. Figure out, do I want Jack or do I want Tiger? So I think either one's a winner, right? So oh, yeah. can't go wrong. <laughs> um, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go. Where can people, you know, uh, learn more about you, what you do, get in contact with you? Um, just let us know where we can meet up with what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, pretty much up health and performance is business, and that's pretty much across the board for most of social media, whether it's on Facebook or on Instagram. Twitter doesn't allow you to have quite that much uh, letters on it. So I think it's like up health perform but it's along those lines there. My website is uphealthperformance.com. So uh, you can go there. That has some information about me. Uh, you can contact me directly. My email is jeremy at uphealthperformance.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Jeremy McCullough. And there, if you don't see something about uphealth and performance, you're not on the right Jeremy McCullough. Um, and so, but yeah, so that's, you know, reach out to me on Facebook, reach out to me on the email, reach out to me on Instagram, send me a direct message on any of those. Uh, and I'll be happy to respond and, and answer any questions or whatnot. Or if you're in Virginia area and once this all, all gets cleared up and you're looking to get in somebody after injury or, or anything along those lines, come check me out. Or if you're looking up, up your fitness, you know, up your potential, that's, that's our, our tagline there. And we'll help you uh, do that so you can 
play better on the course, play longer on the course and, uh, you know, play more golf. That's what we're all here for. Right. That's right. Excellent. I'll put all, all kinds of links for those things in the show notes eventually once, once this gets put out. Um, but again, thank you so much for your time and appreciate you kind of coming on and sharing your knowledge with everyone. No, it was great. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, Jeremy. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast. If you would like to work with Jeremy in person or get in contact with him, all of his information is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to me that you took the time out of your day to listen to this when you could have listened to anything else. If you feel like this was really helpful to you, please share with someone else who you think it could really benefit. Also, if you haven't already, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. It would really help us out uh, to get found in all of the directories. But I think we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. So remember, when you feel great, you'll go off great. <laughs>